Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Coffee in a Boardroom at Septus. I'm your host Charu and we are back yet again with Septus CEO Mr. Priyaranjan Panigrahi. So what we're going to do is at the end of every month we're going to sit with PR and discuss everything new that has happened around our star player 200 OK. Let's set the base for 200 OK. Let's talk about it, the tech that goes behind it, what it actually is and how it works. Hi PR, welcome to the show. Hello Charu, nice to be here. So PR, let's set the record first. What exactly is 200 OK and what was your inspiration behind building it? Uh that's a good question, it's very interesting actually. There was a different name for this before 200 OK and uh, nobody likes it. And then we uh, when uh, we are sitting and brainstorming in the developers all we are talking about we are all talking about apis call out and all that and that's the very base of any api or request we send out to a internet we always get a status code whether it's okay or not okay right or that is the status codes are 200 series 200 is a you know okay status code 200 okay 201 is uh, you created 202 204 these all are the okay status code success status code we call it when you return a 404 501 these are the failure status code we receive in the browser also when you hit a incorrect you are at all that then we say because it's a very optimistic word very positive word so why can't it be 200 okay which is not very natural product name but we try to come up with that name and we would like to dedicate this to entire engineer team that we are working on this product i must say i really like that name i don't know who doesn't like it but it's very creative so um as we've earlier talked about um, 200 okay right that it is salesforce native so can you please take us to what exactly native means and how it is different from a non native platform with respect to salesforce fantastic now when you talk about native let's say i wanted to tell to our audience today like uh, you know like we called uh, iphone app is a native native in in the objective c++ you need to write a mm-hmm. native app mm-hmm. and uh, similarly salesforce if you are using salesforce languages their uh, backend language their front end their database and everything you build and within the salesforce network that means we as a app developer we don't have access to the customer's data what customer is doing with that application that is called native if i talk about instagram it's not a native right we all are the user right or let's say talk about something else salesforce itself is a saas based company saas based is not native but for that platform we build this application that means the scope of this application the access are not being distributed out of that company boundary that is called native so there are a lot of benefit to that native also that we talk about that and that why natives are so popular and enterprise love to use that because first of all secure the data is not going to another hub and then companies are getting really benefit you no need to make a lot of api usages right you can utilize the same resources right of the platform that customer paid for and they can pretty much do anything and everything because it's a native it is very well aligned with the salesforce religious product religious any new innovation salesforce brings it it could be uh, exactly matching or aligning with that native and there are other reasons also with the native that that's okay okay beautiful um, perfect explanation so uh, next you know salesforce is really huge the whole family is really huge it's getting better by the day as we talk so um, how is 200 okay actually deeply connected and integrated with the whole tech stack and how it is aligned with the whole idea of customer 
you are very much right charu if you look at the sales force what it uh, when i started my career 18 years ago with sales force it was just without app exchange was also not there right and today when i looked at that they were largely focusing on the core platform anything and everything they built and all that one mm-hmm. but slowly slowly as a market demand sales force acquired almost like a plenty of companies plenty of technologies and uh, but they are still sitting outside of the sales force core platform mm-hmm. right yeah. let's say commerce cloud marketing cloud tableau slack and you say the latest acquisitions by sales force or heroku mule soft these are all outside of the native right but now within the sales force also they try to make it let's say part out they try to part out they try to make it into the kind of uh, their core platform they are trying to do that one there is einstein coming now the gpt also coming there is a analytics part which is coming also within the native also right. and lot of industry solutions they are building within the platform as well mm-hmm. so when you look at that starting from a coding point of view mm-hmm. to no coding point of view from flow process builder to actions uh, apis uh, you can talk about the connectors uh, the data virtualization the data warehouse which is called big object uh, hell lot of components are yeah. there within the platform itself right. so the the advantage over native what i was talking to continue to that toned okay can seamlessly interact with each of the component each of the storage each of the business processes each of the platform mm-hmm. apart from that it can connect to the non core platform because whenever salesforce acquired any company mm-hmm. there is always a reason how salesforce crm can work seamlessly with those non core platform because ultimately goal is to bring that output or the leverage that platform bring the customer 360 or the data which is required within the crm platform hmm. that that means the api layer has to be so strong so robust hmm. and that's what the good news for the 200 okay because the api is so robust so strong it can also seamlessly interact with any api to do that one so the 200 okay by the way the architecture is that how it can talk to each of the core platform mm-hmm. each of the non core platform that salesforce acquired seamlessly without doing any such of coding at all right. that was the thing correct correct so moving on um, we talked about native and non native platforms right and the world knows how salesforce has acquired n number of companies as you just said like um as non core offerings that we call like slack tableau mule soft heroku just to name a few even though these platforms were out of salesforce right but today they are a part of the salesforce ecosystem or family or whatever we call it so our listeners would like to uh, know and would like you to throw some light on how can 200 okay be easily integrated into those platforms as well as just now as i said because uh, marketing cloud slack and mulesoft they provide a bunch of robust apis <laughs> and now in salesforce we create those secured vault what we called uh, the name credentials of uh, providers mm-hmm. because salesforce keep take security as their first priority right. and that's what the every customer trust right with the platform and they store all those credentials right they keep it into a security vault which spread across multiple components and using them mm-hmm. and the api that we talk about the mulesoft api or marketing cloud api how we can connect just to mm-hmm. give an example like imagine that you can run a marketing journey builder mm-hmm. how to you know like if somebody is coming to your website mm-hmm. uh, you know downloading a white paper and from there you want to run a journey correct but right now to run a journey sometimes a marketing cloud need to connect to your crm and sometimes your crm which also need to talk to your marketing cloud by giving some custom events mm-hmm. or custom data which is update and in the real time fashion they wanted to inject a certain data that 
let's say lead is coming from somewhere else or LinkedIn. The marketing cloud is not aware of this. The data hit first is the CRM system. So CRM system, how they can pass the data directly to the marketing cloud via API. Mm -hmm. So 200 okay can do that same work. Let's say W, you wanted to send certain data which you are collecting during your CRM activity, mm -hmm. but you want to send to the W or you want to send a notification to the Slack. Mm -hmm. So these are all APIs has been already built by Salesforce, but to give a better customer experience, the 200 okay help to integrate the non-core CRM platform because as we design this application, our only target is to how we can target the Salesforce customers only. Right. And that way we first targeted the platform features, mm -hmm. then we targeted the non-core solutions or you know, kind of verticals what Salesforce required, mm -hmm. how it can be deeply integrated and work seamlessly with them. Right. Uh, okay, PR. So, um, I've actually heard people say that, you know, Salesforce integration is so tough or I'm not sure how we'll write so much of code, etc, etc. And once you go and tell them that, okay, we are going to do Salesforce integration for you, there are all smiles and happy faces and, you know, those devs or architects are titled as the best in the world. Uh, it is like a blind spot that is there, right? Um, like you see the native application right in front of you. Still you, you know, run and go behind the big fishes. Uh, since you've been in this space, as you said, 18 years of experience or uh, of your career is in Salesforce. So you will be the best one to tell that why Salesforce integration is so tough or why are people so scared, I would say, of Salesforce integration. I really like the word you tell blind spot here, right? Right. I think this is exactly matching that we talk about, right? Sometimes we are so blind, something mm -hmm. available with us so easily, right. but still we are looking for something which is, we thought that because we have created a perception or whatever the market has been told us that it is so difficult, then it cannot be just happened like that, right? right? And that is where the brand and perception come into the picture. We are running behind so-called enterprise just to solve a small problem, mm -hmm. right? But there are many customers, if I talk about, I understand the Fortune 100 or enterprise customers has very big, big problems, right? Mm -hmm. But Salesforce is not only for them. If you look at that, the largest of 50-60% customers are SMB sector, mid-sector and the uh, sectors that we are talking about across industries. They do have problems of one problem, two problems of the industry, in the integration problems, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. that is where getting into enterprise sort of a product, sometimes it's uh, too heavy. It's not only for implementation, but also support and maintenance into that one. Okay. Now, what are the other choice left for those customers? They look for this SI or MSP partner and they look for, can you just do that one integration? And that is where what we are trying to say that developers, what we so-called integration developer, why they are so much of attitude today and <laughs> what is so much demanded today because integration is the piece where you need to give a marriage mm -hmm. between two systems seamlessly your Salesforce and the target system. Mm -hmm. If they do not have the proper bond, uh, you know, uh, bond then your one of the, the both system can fail. Mm -hmm. Imagine a ERP system. You want to raise an invoice. As soon as you know that the sales guy has closed the opportunity. Right. And but how ERP will get to know that you are doing it. But do you, you are doing manually. Mm -hmm. Now you need to reach out. You need to send something. Invoice get all this happening. But now the life is easy that as soon as the opportunity gets closed, you just click a button. Mm -hmm. There is all mappings have been created before from your CRM sales cloud to your ERP invoice or accounting system or finance module. And then automatically invoice can automatically generate and send to the customer and customer make the payment. Then it will be reconciliated in the ERP. Then the status message get updated back to that one and sales guy get a notification that, okay, 
my deal which I closed, I got the payment. Right. That's kind of a, when we work in a hybrid model mm -hmm. and in the global model that we work, your finance also been outsourced to certain bigger companies to take care of that one. But your sales is the core team you are doing. But you don't have a real good sitting in a single place and trying to do that one just like the startups do that, right? Mm -hmm. This being a very tough. Why there is a very so tough in a technical wide if I am going to talk about it. My experience like Septis, we called ourselves king of integrations. Mm -hmm. And that could be the reason that we, we could have a courage first time, first ever time we created application, something like 200 OK and released into App Exchange. Mm -hmm. That is the reason of 100 projects success, 100 projects failure, all the learning we try to put it and try to help the customer. No, those days are gone. You no need to spend more time and more money unnecessarily. And you no need to look for that one. That is the reason 200 OK actually started with this problem statement, right? And integration is, why it is a tough, I will tell you that two systems, their systems are completely different. Database are different, data types are different, mappings are different. You have a 40 character here, you need to send 80 characters there. 80 characters somewhere here, you need to truncate and send that one. You have India as a country here with INDIA, but you need to send it to the other system, IN, two-digit ISO code, you need to send it. Here you have a currency with a two-digit decimal, but that other system does not take a decimal over here. Yeah. Then what happens if a volume of records will come, whether it will go or not? What happens when a failure happened? Mm. If you are transferring a money, imagine that you are transferring a money, mm. but your money has been deducted from your account, but that the guy who is supposed to get the money, he did not get it. But you don't have a failure mechanism, you don't have an exception handling into that one. Because these are so much business critical work in the back-end work. If you do not take care of properly, then it is going to be a nightmare. And now the bigger part is the existing the target system it changes so frequently because change is the only constant because we are competing to each other in the software world and we are trying to create our API structure, new version, new module, new API way, mm -hmm. something now I heard that when I started my career integration is all about XML or maybe a CSV you drop it in a SFTP file and pick up that one and do that one. But right now we heard that JSON now got a YAML, mm -hmm. there is just so much of different type of format we talk about because they are good but look at the changes that we are trying to bring. And Salesforce, the way they are bringing their technology, not necessarily service now or SAP, Microsoft is aligning with that. Right. But somewhere they need to align to somewhere, which is API, which we are, all of them are, certain open sources there, all of them are actually, you know, uh, working on that one. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about integration, that is what the life is going to be. That's why the developers who understand, not only Salesforce, the developers should have a knowledge and technical how to implement, mm -hmm. how to map. And little knowledge and functionality about what exactly you are going to integrate with that other system. Correct. And because this sort of skills, it will not come to a fresher or somebody who has never worked on that one. And that is the reason like how all our integration architect together we created this product to, to disrupt or to help to the all customers. This is what we have done this one in the product. I love the analogy that you gave of the marriage and a strong bond that has to be there while integrating uh, the platforms. And change is the only constant. This, I might have got the title for my uh, podcast this episode. Perfect. So on that note, uh, it's time to wrap up another electrifying episode of Coffee in a Boardroom at Septus. Thank you so much, PR, for doing this. It was a really insightful session and uh, I'll promise we'll be back for more, um, for more insightful conversations with a lot many people surrounded 200 OK and recent developments around it.
Thank you, Priya. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Charu. It was lovely talking to you today. Bye-bye. Thank you. Until then, don't forget to check our website 200ok.ai. Peace out, everyone. See you on the flip side.